Come, Brother Larson. Preach what's on your heart. We love you. Well, praise the Lord. I'm very humbled by what Pastor just said. And I learned from an early age that, you know, I could do it my way or I could do it God's way. <laughs> and uh, I, like Brother uh, Pastor Hilton was talking about, you know, uh, I'd like to take some things back. But, you know, if, if it was something that that I could gain and pass on to somebody else, especially a younger generation, so they don't make the same foolish mistakes that I've made. And, you know, I've learned things, um, and I've, I've learned a lot of uh, things that uh, are good, but I've learned a lot of things that I needed to correct. And um, isn't, that, isn't that what it's about for all of us to correct ourselves to, and do what God has showed us in His Word to perfect and become greater uh, for the kingdom of God. And that's why I do what I do, uh, regardless if I'm here preaching or if I'm out preaching. It's, it's all about bringing God glory and seeing people change by the power of the Holy Ghost, receiving the Holy Ghost and miracles, all the things we sing about, everything. Uh, it's, it's worth it all. One day, hallelujah, it's going to be worth it all. Every long road, every river you've crossed over, every mountain that you've climbed over, it's going to be worth it all. And uh, I'm just so thankful to be in the presence of the Lord and in the presence of God's people today. And I'm, I really, I'm truly humbled. And um, I've learned so much, uh, not just from our pastor, but uh, uh, the, the sons of the gospel that you've been raising up. I've been learning from them. I've been learning from great men that has been filling this pulpit. And I, I just, I don't take it lightly. And I, I want to give you honor today on Father's Day. And I hope you've adopted me after those kind words. I, I believe that I'm one of your sons. So, And not just me, uh, some daughters as well, my beautiful wife. And I will tell you this, if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't be half the man that I am today. And I just want to publicly give her honor today because she's had to put up with me <laughs> and my daughters. But uh, they, they, got, they, they give me a little room because I'm the only guy in the house, so... Anyhow, <laughs> amen. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you again, Pastor. And I do give you special honor today with it being Father's Day, you know, because the good Father in heaven, he looks down at us and, you know, he has entrusted a pastor to be able to look out for us and, and to be, you know, a man that can, uh, as some, I've, some things I've learned, that can have veto power in your life, that can say, hey, uh, I don't think so. And just being willing to humble yourself. But praise the Lord. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. I count it a great joy to be in the house of the Lord one more time. And as uh, Brother Pastor Hilton was saying, you know, if we come into church, we want to give it our all. You were just talking about it, I think, on Tuesday. This, this could be the very last service that we may ever experience. It, it could be the very last service for one individual in this house. You know, when we take that last breath, we're going to be going into eternity. And I want to make sure that I'm right. I want to make sure my family's right. I want to make sure that the people that are in my influence, that I can help them and I can help them to be right. But ultimately, it's going to be them. It's going to be them that's going to have to make that decision today. So I've come with a word of encouragement today. I pray that you walk out of here changed by the power of God's word. Amen. Pastor, would you pray? Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 God is a good God. Amen. If you would, if you would, turn to Ezra chapter 3. I want to preach to you on the subject today, the fullness of great joy. The fullness of great joy. Ezra chapter 3. We're also going to look at a text in uh, Acts chapter 8. And I'm um, going to go through these quickly. 
because I, I feel like I have a lot, but I know I can get through it with the grace of God if he gives me the grace to do it. Amen. <laughs> God is good. Ezra chapter 3, verse 10 says, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together, by chorus and praising and giving thanks unto the Lord. Amen. Because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great joy. And they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and the Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, they wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. I just got to pause there for a minute. Sounds like Pentecost to me. I can see people, some shouting and dancing, and some people weeping and crying, and so you don't know if they're sad, you don't know if they're happy, you don't really know what's happening, but I'm telling you, that's the great thing about Pentecost and this experience that we all have, that we've all shared, and if you need the Holy Ghost tonight, God can fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues, and if you got to weep your way into receiving it, or praising your way, or however it is, these men, they were weeping because they remembered the beauty and the splendor. Of, 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 the, of the, the tabernacle and the Jerusalem and, and, and its glory and all of it was poured down and all of it was completely destroyed and made desolate and they were weeping because they came in, into the, uh, this place and they saw the foundations. The church house wasn't even built yet but they saw the foundations there and they began to weep because they were thinking about what, what they had experienced but they were, I'm sure there were some tears of joy and there was some, some happiness but there was shouting and there was weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. Acts chapter 8, we find Philip preaching in Samaria. Saul was wreaking havoc in the church in the previous chapter. Stephen was the first to be martyred by Jesus' sake. And that's why we find in Acts 8, starting in verse 4, therefore they were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching the word, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. There's something that happens. I mentioned in the worship the other night. When, when the people of God get in one accord, when we get in one mind and we get in focus of what the Spirit of the Lord is wanting to do specifically in a, in a, a special service uh, or a, a service that we get, but they're all special, as uh, Pastor Hilton was talking about. I'm so thankful that we can come in. And, and it's not just a humdrum and it's not just this or that but it can be new and a new experience every time that we come into the house of the Lord yeah. hallelujah the scripture says in verse 7 for unclean spirits unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with Saul's uh, palsies and, and that were lame were healed and the scripture says in Acts 8 and 8 and there was everybody say great joy in that city. And that's what I want to preach to you about is the fullness of great joy. Romans 14 and 17, I, you can look at it, just a quick uh, text. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Pastor already prayed, and thank you for standing so long. You could be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. The fullness of great joy. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to what everybody else has to say? I know I'm asking that question. It's kind of rhetorical, but there's a lot of people that have their understanding. There's a lot of people that have their idea of what joy is. And uh, you look, and I was looking at some things, and uh, we've got to understand the difference between gladness and joy. And there's a lot of different words. There's a lot of uh, times that joy is used throughout the scriptures. But the thing that I find is there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are common when it comes to joy. And uh, the best way that I could define joy to you today is biblical joy. Everybody say biblical Bible joy. 
Not, not, not the joy that, that this, this world can bring and the pleasures of this world. They're not all sin, but they can become a God. So the point is that I make it saying here is that we can be glad with certain things. We can be glad with blessings and different things that the Lord does. And these people, the Bible says that there was great joy in that city. There was people that were deaf and they were able to hear. There was people that got up off the ground. There were paralytics. There were demons cast out. And there were so many different things uh, that we see here in the book of Acts uh, of, of all the miracles that were taking place. And a lot of people in the secular Christian world, I guess I would say it, is that they think or they equate that with real joy. Real joy. And really when I think about real joy, I think about the infilling of the Holy Ghost and how God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You remember that day when you received the Spirit of the Lord and you were so overwhelmed but yet you had a joy inside of you and it just made you want to tell everybody about the goodness of the Lord and what He did for you. You were depressed when you walked in but you walked out with a weight off of your shoulders and Jesus took it off because of the blood that He shed and because of the outpouring of his spirit. I'm so thankful for the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. I'm telling you today, you know what real joy is. Real joy is knowing that you're going to make it to heaven and you're going to be walking in the streets and you're going to see Jesus and you're going to bow down and you're going to take the crown off your head and cast it down before his feet and you're going to worship him forever and ever and ever. I'm going to tell you, honey, that's some real joy. The real joy is knowing that God loves me and that God loves you and that he died for all humanity and he is there for you. Whatever need that you have, God can touch that need because he's God and there's not anything that he can't do if you just ask and begin to talk to the Lord and believe in what God's word says. Biblical joy. It's more than happy feeling it, it's, or lasting emotion. That it's a lasting emotion that comes from the trust that God will fulfill his promises. It's a lasting emotion that comes from the choice to trust that God will fulfill his promises. Was anybody sad or felt bad when they received the Holy Ghost? <laughs> I just got to ask because sometimes I look at people and I was like, do they really have the joy? It's almost like they're sucking on lemons or something. I don't know. Amen, but uh, I don't want that to deplete my joy. I try to stay away from people like that. I'll just love them at a distance. <laughs> but there's no sorrow in God's joy unless you don't remember, uh, unless you forget about his word, that's when it gets scary. That's when you start forgetting about the goodness of God. And we need to understand that there's no sorrow in God's joy. Without God's word, it's only destruction. Hosea tells us in 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee. Here's the thing, and this is why it seems that our joy gets depleted. It's because we forget the benefits of the, of the word of the Lord. We forget about his promises and we get sidetracked when the enemy comes in like a flood. We got to remember that the Lord will raise up a standard against it. We got to remember and understand that God's going to fight our battles when we're doing our best to serve and love our God with everything, with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, everything that we have on the inside of us. We got to do that. And when we do that, it puts a hunger in the inside of us that makes makes us want to crack open the word of God to get another fresh word in the morning. Hallelujah. Get some morning manna like Bishop Johnson was talking about. I'm so thankful that we can go to the word of the Lord and understand. Hallelujah. That if there's, there's knowledge in that. And if when we have the word of God, we don't have to be afraid. Hallelujah. The tares or the arrow that flyeth by day or all the attacks and all the things that are trying to pelt the church. But we got a covering because of the blood that Jesus 
Jesus shed for each and every one of us. And if you've got the blood of Jesus, it's a covering over you. And you can begin to walk in confidence knowing that your God loves you. Hallelujah. And it's through the word of God that will give you the strength where the enemy can't come in like a flood because the word of the Lord, it's the word of the Lord that raises up the standard every time that the voice of the enemy tries to tell you, you can't live for God. Every time that the voice of the enemy comes and says, you can't live, you can't have revival, you can't have this, you can't have that. But I can tell you, I've got the word of the Lord and I can speak it. You can speak the word of the Lord because there's soundness and there's strength in his word. When we forget the word of the Lord, we begin to lose and forget who we are. But we have God's, but when we have God's knowledge, we remember his benefits. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 102, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that the youth is, is renewed like the eagles. I can't tell you how many time after time after time I'd get weary. I'd get weary. I'd get tired. But I'd come into the church house. That's why it's so important for us to come to the house of the Lord and to lift up our hands and cast our heavy burdens to the Lord and take on the light burden of the Lord because they are light. And he will give you rest. He will give you the strength when you just come into his presence, not just in the church house, but relationship with Jesus and talking to him and reading the word and just saying Jesus I don't know how I'm going to handle this today but I know you're going to give me the help that I need looking at Nehemiah chapter 8 I'm going to skip down to verse 8 and if you look at verse go ahead and go to verse 7 I'm not going to read all these names I wish brother Goff was here I'd have him read them all right now and see if he could get through them but if you look, it talks about Jeshua and Bani and Sherebiah, and I'm going to stop there to all the way to it where it says, and the Levites. It said it caused the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. So they read in the book and the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is the uh, Tershatha and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. I believe it was many of those were the elders. I know a lot of them probably died after that because there was a gap between uh, Ezra and Nehemiah where they had to stop the building. But I'm sure there was others that heard and reminisced and heard the stories about how beautiful Jerusalem was and the tabernacle before they dug all the gold out of the walls and took all of the gold and the silver and all the array and all the beautiful things and took it away into captivity. But it says, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. But notice what Nehemiah 8 and 10 says. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm not preaching anybody here particularly, but there's too many people, there's too many Christians that are replacing joy. They're taking what, what should be the joy of the Lord. They're replacing it with worry. They're replacing it with doubt. They're replacing it with unbelief. And I'm telling you right now, that is the work of the enemy. Whether it's your flesh just being negative, demonic, or the influence of this world. All I got to tell you today is this. This is so important that we grasp this. That it's the joy of the Lord that gives us our strength. It's the joy of the Lord that gives you the strength that you need. But it's not just joy, but it's the knowing and understanding of the word of God and that's why it's easy pastor for me to submit to the man of God in my life because he's in the book he's in the book I told Nicole the other day I said if you have any questions go talk to him 
He said, I, I, told, I said, whatever questions you have, he will have a chapter and verse for everything. And we need that. We need the Word of God. we got to stand on the Word of God, not, not uh, storytellers and fables and all these things that people want to make up and these crazy doctrines and crazy uh, teachings. Why can't we just work with this right here? I think the Word of God is, is enough for me. Amen? It's enough for me. Hallelujah. Nehemiah 8 and 11, it says, So the Levites stealed all the people saying, hold your peace, for the day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. Did he say that already? He said it a couple times. Don't be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the word that were declared unto them. It was the word of the Lord that brought the joy. But under the leadership of those people that were teaching the word of God, they said there's, there, there should be no sorrow. There should be no weeping. There should be rejoicing. A lot of times we come into the church house because we're overwhelmed with the cares of life. But there's sometimes we just got to leave them at the door. And when we leave them at the door, we just really do. We need to leave them at the door and have our mind made up when we come into the house of God. Regardless, hell or high water, what has come against me this last week or last month or the last year, whatever's come against me, I'm going to make I got a made up mind. I'm going to come into the house of the Lord and I'm going to lift up my hands and I'm going to go ahead and praise him. I don't need the preacher to tell me to do it. I don't need the worship leader or somebody to play a perfect uh, uh, chord on the keyboard or a good drum roll. But to come into the presence of the Lord with singing and dancing. Who said we have to have instruments to sing? I know a lot of home mission pastors uh, that they do it all and that some of them, they don't even have music. They don't have nothing. And I've watched those people that they come in and they just begin to worship and there might be six or seven people but there's a move of the Holy Ghost and they don't need a drum to get them excited. They don't need somebody singing to get them excited. They're excited because they come into the presence of the Lord. There's nothing greater than being able to experience the presence of the Lord and the true joy of the Lord is knowing the word of the Lord and there should be nothing to be quiet about. There should be nothing to be worried about. There should be nothing to be sad about. Hallelujah. The continents of the Lord will come upon you as you begin to read the word of the Lord. David said something like that in the scriptures. Amen. It said great mirth in Nehemiah 8 and 12. Great mirth. Mirth means singing. Mirth means laughter and rejoicing. But it wasn't just singing. It says great mirth. There was great singing. There was great laughter. There was great rejoicing in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah, because they were excited about the word of the Lord. God's word brings us joy. Yes, the joy of the Lord is your strength. But that true power, that true strength comes from the power of God's word. John 15 and 10, Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. He said, these things have I spoken unto you and my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Apostle John also penned this in his epistle. In John, 1 John 1 and 4, he said, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full, walking in the light. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But listen to verse 7. He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So when you think about the benefits, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the benefits of joy. Amen. The benefits of joy. The, my, the very first thing that I had even mentioned before I started even going into my text, I'm so happy that God has filled me with the Holy Ghost. Are you happy that God filled you with the Holy Ghost? Are you happy to know that, that Jesus uh, is on the inside of you? Are you happy to know, uh, hallelujah, that you've been cleansed in the blood of the Lamb, uh, slain from the foundations of the world? Uh, he, he was slain, uh, hallelujah. 
hallelujah, for me. He was slain for each and every one of you and shed that precious blood that brought an eternal atonement for my soul forever and ever and ever. If you can't shout about anything, I think that's something to shout about. In fact, I believe that should be the primary root of why we praise the Lord because of the redemptive plan that God did for you, for what God did for all of humanity. So what are the benefits of being full in the joy of the Lord as Jesus spoke about in John 15? Our greatest benefit of all is knowing again that our sins have been washed away. Through repentance, I thank God that he's given us a way to be able to repent and ask him and call on the name of the Lord. And you have the right if you've been blood-bought and you've been down in the water in the name of Jesus. The reason we baptize in the name of Jesus is because you're taking upon the name for the one whom died for you. It's just like a marriage. Hallelujah. That, that We just got a newlywed couple. Wave your hands like you're happy back there. Like you're happy. <laughs> Hallelujah. But she took on his name. When we go down in the water in the name of Jesus, we take the name of Jesus upon our life, and it gives you power. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That same power you can have through the Holy Ghost and through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, get, we start shouting. We get excited about it when somebody goes down in the water in the name of Jesus. I'm so thankful hallelujah for the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus being full of joy makes it a lot easier also to love our brothers and sisters as Jesus taught <laughs> hallelujah hope one of the benefits of joy is that it gives us hope it gives us joy and peace Romans 15 and 13 says now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost it only happens through his spirit it can't happen any other way there's no other shortcuts there's no other way to be able to do it the only way that you're going to really have hope and joy and peace it's in the Holy Ghost in verse 14 says and I myself also am persuaded of you my brethren that ye also are full of goodness filled with all knowledge there's the knowledge part when we got the knowledge we got the fullness of the Holy Ghost when we got the knowledge of God on the inside and we begin to eat the word of God and we ingest it into our spirit something begins to happen and people begin to notice there's something different there's something that's going on in that individual because they've got the power of the Holy Ghost and, they, and when you receive the, the Holy Ghost, the scripture says you shall receive what? Power after that, that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. There's nothing greater than the Holy Ghost. And it's a joy of the Lord that gives me strength because of the word of the Lord, which brings me and gives me hope. It gives you hope again tonight when it doesn't seem and all things are hopeless. There is a hope maker that can step into your life if you would just let the joy of the Lord rise up in your heart and stand on the word of God and stand on the promises of God. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. God is doing a move, is moving in this house. Romans 15 and 13. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. I read that, but I think it's worth saying it again. He'll fill you with all joy and peace, which should put a smile on your face, regardless of what you're going through. Because joy is eternal. Joy is something that will take you from here into eternity. Hallelujah. And it's not my joy. It's not the joy that this world can give you, but it's the joy that comes with the Holy Ghost. Paul was making reference. Uh, if you look at Romans 15 and 16, I don't know if I got all these scriptures. It's in a hurry trying to get them down, but Romans 15 and 16 uh, Paul saying that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. So Paul was making reference to what he said in Acts chapter 13, 47. He was saying, for so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for, uh, shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. But note what is said in that next verse in verse 48. Hallelujah. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. Everybody say glad. glad. 
and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Eternal life. I mean, you, you, you get the magnitude of that scripture. First of all, I'm glad because I'm a Gentile. I, I don't think I have any Jewish lineage that goes back to the seed of Abraham. But praise God, he filled me with the Holy Ghost because it was the promise from the word of the Lord. And when we study the word and we see how God also had uh, in store for the Gentiles to receive the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that they were glad. The Bible says that they were glad and they glorified the word of the Lord. When we glorify the word of the Lord, a joy will rise up. Hallelujah. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And it's got to be personal. You've got to say it for yourself. A preacher can't say it for you. You've got to say it for yourself. And I've come to edify not just the church. I've come to edify everybody that's in this house, including myself. And I know it's the word. I know it's the word mingled with the blood of Jesus that he shed in his spirit that gives me that joy, that eternal joy that lasts forever and ever. Oh, hallelujah. My, my, my. John 16, 22. But I will see you again. This is before Jesus died and before, after the resurrection and in between that and Pentecost and uh, when God poured out his spirit, it's all within that, that time frame. But Jesus says, I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice in your joy. No man taketh from you. I'm so tired of the people that saying that the devil took my joy. That is unbiblical. The devil can't take your joy. He can't, he can't take anything from you. I said he can't take anything from you. I think sometimes we try to give the devil a little bit too much credit. I'm telling you right now, it's, Jesus said to us, he said, in your joy, no man can take from you. He said in verse 23, and in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. It's that easy. When we come into the house of God, I think we try to make it, make it too complicated. We just got to come in and understand that he's God and that whatever problem we might be going through, we just need to lift up our hands and say, God, I can't deal with this, and I need your joy. I need your joy so I can be full of joy and full of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing greater. There's nothing better than the Holy Ghost and the joy of God that rises up when you're experiencing the joy of God. God is restoring you when you've been weary and tired and whatever it is that you've been going through, God restores you with that joy. It's like bubbles up on the inside of you, but it's something that we have to stir up. Uh, hallelujah. That's already on the inside of us because we've already been down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ. If you haven't been down in the water, I invite you be baptized today in the name of Jesus. Uh, let him take all of your sins away. Let him remit all of your sins because of the blood that he shed for you. Hallelujah. If you're listened by media and you haven't been baptized, come in to the true church and get baptized in the name of the Lord. Get baptized in the name of Jesus and then baptized in his spirit. Hallelujah. There's nothing greater than the joy. You want some joy. I'm telling you, the world can't give it to you and the devil can't take it away. Jesus gives joy and nobody can take it away. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost. If somebody could get a hold of this uh, today and understand, uh, hallelujah, that you don't have to carry the burdens uh, of this world. You don't have to carry the things that you've been trying to carry. You can lay them down because there's a man uh, that came and died on a cross and shed his perfect blood for each and every one of us to take away our sins uh, and not just to take away our sins, uh, but to give us life uh, and more abundantly Hallelujah. God is so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I didn't look what time it was when I started. Uh -huh. Number 10. 
Okay, yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, salvation brings joy. First Thessalonians 5.16, Paul says, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing and everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What else does joy do? Joy brings completion. No man can take you, uh, take your joy. I, I've already mentioned that. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, uh, you may make some mistakes. You may do some things that you're not happy about, or you, you're grieved, uh, and you want to chastise yourself, and you feel like you got to do different things to make it right. All you can do is begin to call on the name of the Lord and say, "I'm sorry, Lord." That's really what repentance is. It's it's turning from one way and going the other direction towards God. In fact, repentance is also a lifestyle made with a made up mind that I'm going to go this way, but if I stumble or if I fall or if something happens, I know that there is grace in my life, that, that it will abound over my sin. It will abound over every lie of the enemy. Amen. Am I, does anybody hear what I'm saying today? Hallelujah. Jesus wants our joy to be made full. In fact, joy is like a medicine. Proverbs tells us a merry heart doth good like a medicine but a broken spirit dryeth the bones I'm telling you we need the joy hallelujah I need the joy we need the joy and to be merry and to be happy when we come into his presence the joy of the Lord brings strength in a song Isaiah 12 and 1 says and that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. For thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, here it is. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in the day ye shall say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted, sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things, this is known in all the earth, cry out and shout thou inhabit of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee therefore with joy, verse 3, shall ye draw waters out of the well of salvation Note, I'm still talking about the benefits of the fullness of joy. Joy will make you want to make noise. The scripture says in Psalm 101, a psalm of praise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Uh, serve the Lord with gladness. Uh, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, uh, and not we ourselves. Uh, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Oh, joy will produce a sound. Uh, Psalms 89 and 15 says, blessed is the the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance, in thy name, and shall rejoice all the day. And in thy righteousness shall they be exalted, for thou art the glory of their strength. And in thy favor our, our horns shall be exalted. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who's thankful for the joy of the Lord today? Hallelujah. I feel something stirring. Before the service even began, I, I felt faith. I, I believe faith is trying to rise up in someone's mindset to know that my God can do anything. Hallelujah. My God can do anything. And joy will tell you it can happen. It's the joy of the Lord because you know the word of the Lord that will speak it into existence even before you experience it, even before it's tangible. Whatever the need is, God can feel it. We've already sung about it hallelujah we've already sung about God can do a miracle in your life hallelujah let the joy of the Lord begin to bubble up let him be your strength today whatever that situation is hallelujah joy will make you want to shout Psalm 5 and 11 says let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee who loves the name of the Lord today oh I love them that makes me want to shout hallelujah makes you want to shout doesn't it 
Hallelujah. Psalm 22 and 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy. All ye that are upright in heart. Psalm 35 and 27, it says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Psalm 65 and 13, the pastures are clothed with flocks. The valley also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. Psalm 132 and 9, hallelujah, says, let thy priest be clothed with righteousness and let the saints shout for joy. Psalms 122 and 16 says, I will also clothe her priest and with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. Bible says that he in Revelation he is the king of the saints he is our king he is the one that's in charge he's the one that gives dominion he's the one that takes it away the devil and the enemy thinks that he's got it all but the only thing that the enemy has is what the Lord has ordained but he's ordained you for a higher cause he's ordained you with a greater purpose because the joy of the Lord is your strength today my God, he is an awesome God. Hallelujah, and he is mighty. Hallelujah. Joe is like a well. Joy is like a well. It will spring up in everlasting life, just like the woman experienced when Jesus began to speak and say, I am he. That woman was the first evangelist. She went and told everybody, and the whole city came Hallelujah, to experience uh, the joy that she experienced, uh, experience the waters uh, of life that she experienced. Uh, she says, come see a man that told everything about me. Amen, we need to be doing that. To come and see what the Lord is doing in our church. Uh, there's a, there, God is in the house. Uh, he's in the place. Uh, I'm telling you, you can feel him when I testify. When I, confer, and when I invite people to church, I say, you can feel the presence of God in our, in the, in our church. I said, that's the, one of the greatest things that you can feel his presence. Yeah. If you don't know what else to say, just say, hey, come and experience the Lord. Come and see what he can do for you like he's done for me. Yeah. Another benefit is that people walking in truth brings joy. John said this in a letter to believers in 3 John 1, 3, for I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy, John said, than to hear that my children walk in truth. I don't think it was just the Apostle John. I don't think it was just preachers. I, I don't think it was just pastors. I, I believe it was the Lord God of, of most uh, importance uh, was, was happy. And he was joy. I know that he is joyful, that he knows that the truth is prevailing here at the Truth Church. And there's so many different uh, um, places within the movement of the apostolic faith. And there's some people that are way, way on this side and way, way on this side. And I think I heard you. We got to find that middle road so we don't get off kilter to the right or to the left. We want where God wants us to be. And we got to be able to do that by letting our light shine and letting people know because we have the truth. You can walk with confidence. I can walk with confidence and we can tell people, hey, the truth is being preached there. God can change your life. He changed my life. He can change your life. Walking in God's ways is what brings real joy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. What is it that we need to do to have the fullness of great joy? Really, what is the fullness of great joy? Well, I, I, I'm pretty much talking about John in a lot of these verses, but John had a revelation of eternal things. When you read the book of John, just the Gospels of John and his writings, uh, along with the Apostle Paul, you got to mention him, he had such great revelation. But this is the man that put his head on, on Jesus' breast. This was the man that heard the heartbeat of Jesus. This was the man that, that loved Jesus so much. And I'm not saying that the other disciples didn't love him, but there, I believe that there was a special relationship between John and Jesus. 
and because of that, John had, had revelation, and I want to quote a scripture from Revelation chapter 4. This is what John wrote in verse 11. He said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So I ask you the question, I ask you the question, how do we experience or how do we get the fullness of great joy in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits? It's, under, it's very important that we understand that God created everything for his good pleasure. He created us for his good pleasure as well because... The Bible says uh, in the book of Proverbs, when we hear the voice of wisdom through the inspiration of the writer, in Proverbs 8 and 31, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth and my delights were the sons of men. Another translation says it like this, rejoicing in his inhabitable world and taking delight in mankind. God loves us. He delights in his creation. We were formed. We were made in his image. In fact, I've said it, and I'm going to keep on preaching it. That's why the devil, the demonic world, and the world hates you so much. He hates me because of the fact that we were created in the image of God, and that's why they're attacking so many things. with I just call it gender confusion and everything else. It's attacking the very core of what we believe. It's attacking the very core of what we stand on that God created a man and a woman he's creating that very thing and wants to tear it down but God uh, never had the, any thoughts like that because he's a holy God and because he's a holy God he just desired he wanted to have a relationship with man and it's his good pleasure for him to have relationship with men and the psalmist says now therefore hearken unto me O ye children for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my door. For whosoever findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. Hallelujah. If we find God's wisdom, which is his word, we will find life and obtain favor. However, it may not be the very, the, be, be the very way that, that you curtailed it or the way that you think it should be, the way that I should think it would be. I, I wouldn't even be here if it was what I wanted. But that's why we all got to be able to hear what the voice of the Lord is speaking and what he's saying to the church, what he's saying through the man of God, our pastor, and, and confident men that come and preach the gospel from this pulpit. 1 Peter 1 and 5, there's going to be times that, that you're going to be tested. But listen to what Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice. He said, greatly rejoice through now for a season, if need be. You, ye are he in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, and whom thou now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of of glory. Sometimes you can't even rejoice in English. The Spirit of the Lord will just come in and take over and the Spirit of the Lord will give you an utterance and you'll begin to pray and sing and praise God in the Spirit when you're speaking with other tongues and sometimes it goes so deep that there's something in the depths of your soul that springs out and you just continue to cry out to God and he's hearing every utterance that's coming forth because he's the creator of you. He's the creator of me. Hallelujah in such a way that we can lift up our hands with unspeakable joy. We can't speak everything in the English language or any other language or all of the languages combined. And, and when it comes to perfecting and praise and worship in him through the spirit, nothing greater than being able to do that and pray in the Holy Ghost, which builds up our faith. Amen. This is exactly what the prophet experienced in the book of Habakkuk. And he witnessed it through the rejoicing of the Lord. And that prophet saw the end of it. 
This is the very end of Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, when I heard my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. When are you so weary sometimes that you just want rest? You just want peace. You just want to be left alone. You just want to be left alone. You just want to be able to take a breather. But I've got hope for you today. And there's joy that wants to rise up in you. And Habakkuk, if you look at this, it talks about how he was troubled and how his bones were rotting. It's just, it's such a bleak picture. And it says, when he cometh up unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. Habakkuk 3 and 17 says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vine. The labor of the olive shall fall, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. But this is what the prophet said, yet... I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. When everything is still, or seems like it's falling apart and that it will never come back together, you can lift up your hands and say, I have a hope in eternal glory. That might not ever get fixed on this world, but there's coming a day, there's coming a day that I'll never, and I can eternally rest in the Lord. I can be with the Lord forever. And this thing that I'm going through, called life. I don't have to worry about it because of what Habakkuk said. He says, yet in the midst of all the circumstances, in the midst of everything that has come against me, in the midst of everything that's coming against you, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. Regardless of the circumstance, you've got to have a made up mind. Yet I will rejoice. Yet I will rejoice. Regardless of how tired I'm in my body, regardless of, of my finances, if, if, I'm, if I'm doing really good or if I'm struggling, God's still worthy of the praise. God's still worthy. Yet I will rejoice in whatever circumstance it is. If it's on the mountain, I'm going to rejoice. If it's in the valley, I'm going to rejoice. Wherever it is, I'm going to rejoice. Church, we got to have a made-up mind. I'm reaching for somebody. I'm reaching for somebody that wants more from God, that's not satisfied where they're at, where they're walking. Uh, there is an abundance. There is something greater that God is wanting to do in his church. I'm not talking about just here, but everywhere across uh, the, the board, everywhere across this world, God is wanting to rise up in, in people's lives in the church. Do you believe that today? So regardless, everybody say regardless of the circumstance, yet I will rejoice. Can you say that with me? Yet I will rejoice. Say through good, through bad, in between, yet I will rejoice. Hallelujah. You know, David had a revelation that through rejoicing and praising in his heart, that's why I believe that God, he was a man after God's own heart. You know, David, he did really uh, had a, have a revelation through rejoicing and praising in his heart, which whom Peter was preaching about and made reference during his first very sermon to the Jews on the day of Pentecost. This is what David said, For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. That was the scripture I was talking about. There is a, a, a fullness. There's a, there's a joy that will, will come over you. And, and, and really what multitudes of this scripture and what it really means for a man that never really received the promise as we've received the promise of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Makes you just want to shout. Just makes you want to praise him.
because of the goodness of the Lord. It's true rejoicing and praising our God which brings us hope. And we will, uh, he, he will fill us with joy if we keep our eyes on Jesus. We can endure anything. You were talking about that before. We've got to endure. We've got to have a made up mind that, that God is going to bring us through every situation, everything, everything. The musicians want to come, please. I wonder if you feel the play, that would be awesome. Under the leading the unction of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, 2 tells us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, everybody say joy, that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Paul was another one that had a made-up mind in Acts chapter 20 and 24. He said, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He had a made-up mind. Philippians 3.14, Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Being full of joy through the Holy Ghost is what will get you to the final destination of your soul. I believe it's the will of God that our joy may be full. He wants our joy to be full. Jesus said it. And I reiterate again, John said it. In 1 John 1, 4, in these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. 2 John 1, 12, he says, he's talking about coming in the meet and being face to face with some of the believers. And he said that our joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you. This is out of the gospel of John, what Jesus had already said, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Notice he says might. Hallelujah. He wants it to happen. He wants it to happen in our lives. But we've got to stir it up on the inside of us through the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God that stirs up that joy and that gives us that contentment. It's what gives us that rest assurance that knows that one day, regardless of what I'm going through, I'm going to be with Jesus throughout all eternity. And everything that I go through, it's going to be worth it all because of the fact, hallelujah, that the true joy that I'm looking at is the joy of eternal rest with my Savior forever and ever. Ever and ever. We need to be full of the presence of joy in his presence. You might ask, well, how do you do that, Brother Larson? How do you, how do you get that joy? How, how do you do that? Well, Scripture gives us that answer, Psalm 16. And again, it, it sounds so simple. But yet, sometimes things that are so simple are so profound. And it's just like goes right over our heads like, Where'd that come from? And then you read it again, and that's the beautiful thing about reading the Word of God. You, you miss it some things sometimes. But you may have a time and a season in your life where you need to hear from God, and, and God gives you a fresh word from something that you read over a thousand times. Amen. But the answer, the, the simple answer and, and this is, I believe, what pastors have been preaching about, what uh, other ministers have been preaching about, what preachers are preaching about all the time. And one of my most, most beautiful scriptures is Psalm 16 and 11. That will show me the path of life. In fact, uh, David is the one that penned this. But it says, Thou will show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So as simple as that is, if we could get a revelation and understanding of what that means. If I just get into his presence, I'm going to get the joy. That's why we can't fabricate a move of God. We've got to sincerely worship from our heart and love him. And that's how people get the Holy Ghost. So I'm reaching for those that need the Holy Ghost tonight. You can get the Holy Ghost if you just get in his presence. Like I said before, I've never, have you ever seen anybody sad after they got the Holy Ghost? Have you ever seen anybody sad? 
nothing but joy and smiling and just wanting to tell everybody about the, that's the joy of the Lord. You receive, that's the packaged goods that come with the Holy Ghost is the joy and righteousness and peace. That's, that's, that's what it's all about. So I'm, I'm closing here in a minute. And I'm just so thrilled. Uh, and I think I was really nervous today. I'm telling on myself, Pastor. But I said, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of pick up where you left off. And then I got nervous because I, I was thinking, wait a second. I'm having to follow the best preacher in the world. He's my pastor, right? He better be the best preacher in the world, right? I know he's squirming over there, but I'm so thankful for the word of God that you preach. And like you preach like a house of fire today, talking about the party. And it really is talking about the prodigal. And got to listen to it if you hadn't heard it. I'm telling you, the prodigal father. Prodigal father. Well, the prodigal, what he was saying was that it was extravagant. He was lavish. He was exceeding. And, and really what happened was the prodigal in the New Testament and when we're reading that New Testament scripture about the man that, that took all of the squandering and all the things he took to, of his father's inheritance and took it all and just blew it. And that's really the true sense of what prodigal is, is to just completely squander everything. That, but but he, the, what, I, what I got from it and the way I understood it is that God will take everything and it will, he'll, he'll do lavish and do exceedingly and everything that you need, just like the prodigal. He squandered everything, but God's not, what, the whole point that I'm getting from that message is that God's not going to hold back anything from you. He's not going to hold back your joy. He's not going to hold back peace. He's not going to hold back finance. He's not going to hold back anything that you need when you believe and understand that he's an exceeding God and that he is extravagant and he is lavish and he's going to give you the things that you need in your life and sometimes he'll even give you the things that you want. Hallelujah. If we can get into his presence. If we can experience his joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I butchered it up. I'm sorry, Pastor. Maybe you can re-preach. <laughs> but that was good. That was some good preaching. And it just fed my soul. And I could feel the joy of the Lord. In fact, uh, I, I'm just so thankful that uh, we're, we're so blessed to have such a, a great caliber of ministers. I don't, I don't even feel adequate to come up here and preach the word of the Lord. I'm just thankful to be a part of this church. And uh, we got to have a made-up mind got to have a made up mind and what I'm going to close with the scripture is what he left off with uh, but before I read that scripture um, there's one other scripture but you got to understand that my joy your joy it's not mandated by external blessings and even healings and miracles that's why I read Acts chapter 8 because they were rejoicing over miracles um, that, that had nothing to do with their salvation the greatest miracle that you can ever experience is receiving the Holy Ghost. I know I'm preaching to a lot of people that have the Holy Ghost tonight, but I, what I'm feeling is God wants to renew some joy. God wants to restore some people in their spirit because you, you don't have to come in and be, feel heavy and weary and you can lay those things down and you can be restored and be restored in the power of the Holy Ghost. And in Matthew, very quickly, Matthew 25 and 21, the, the, the guy that received five talents, the scripture says, uh, the Lord spoke to him, and after he had done something with the talents, the Lord said to him, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And uh, the man that received the two talents, this is the same thing that the Lord said verbatim to the one that received two talents. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. He says, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Ultimately, it's about being in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. Hallelujah. If you, if you feel empty, if you feel sad, if you never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can receive that tonight. Hallelujah. All you've got to do, I mentioned repentance. All you have to do is say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I don't want to do that again. God, I just want to lay all that down at the foot of your cross. I want you to take that burden off me because I'll never be good enough. But I do understand that because you died, you cleansed me.
and it's a process. It's a process. We, we, we're, we're not just uh, eating steak and potatoes when we first come into the house of God. We learn from, from the precept to precept. Amen. And I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost today. Can we just stand and begin to worship the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another translation out of Matthew 25, 23 says this. This is what Jesus said. He says, I'll put you in charge of much. Come, celebrate with me. Celebrate with me. And that, don't you know, really, ultimately, that's what Jesus wants to do? He wants us to celebrate with him as he celebrates with us throughout all eternity. And just as Pastor was talking about uh, in Luke chapter 10, Paul even gave reference to it in Philippians 4 and 3. He said, whose names are in the book of life? He was talking about Clement and also in all the other of my fellow laborers. He mentioned all of them. And then he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, Again, I say rejoice. He was saying rejoice because there's people that are going to heaven. It's not just me going to heaven by myself. Uh, hallelujah. But I've got a host of people around me and people that love God that we're going to make it to heaven together. Amen. What a day. What a day that will be to be able to in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. Hallelujah, Romans 14 and 17. For the kingdom is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The greatest joy is knowing that we'll, we'll be with Jesus. In Luke 10 and 20, I close with this scripture. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you. This is the one that he read this morning. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. I rejoice today, my true joy is because Jesus saved me. He's the God of my salvation. Could we just lift up our hands and just begin to talk to the Lord? Oh, I'm so thankful. If you need the Holy Ghost, if you need a healing, if you need a blessing, whatever you need, my God shall supply every one of those needs according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. Could we just as a church family come on around this altar and let's rejoice together. Can we just begin to magnify the Lord together? Hallelujah. God wants to restore somebody's joy today. Hallelujah. God wants to come and bring peace into someone's life today. Hallelujah. God wants to do something today in his presence where there's fullness of joy. There's no greater joy than coming into his presence. Hallelujah. It's time to rejoice in the lifting of our voice and make some noise that's pleasant to God. It's time to lift up our hands and rejoice. It's time to rejoice because our sins have been washed away. It's time to rejoice because he's put a song in my heart. Even in the midnight hour,